0: Welcome back to episode number 141 of The NP Dude. This is Jeff, The NP Dude, giving nurse practitioners a voice. That's everybody's voice. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're from. I don't care. I'll take any comments, questions, concerns, headaches, problems. It doesn't matter. I don't care what it is. You email me, Jeff at the npdude.com. Tell me what's bugging you, because if it's bugging you, it better be bugging everybody else. It really, it really has to. We have to have a unified voice in a lot of this stuff. And one of the things I'm going to talk about today is a unified voice in a particular issue. I am in the state of Ohio, and um, and I'm going to talk about the recent uh, committee, uh, apiarian committee uh, that was posted and streamed on Facebook. And some of the things that I saw as a highlight that I think are are excellent, and some things I think that are they're missing the boat. And uh, God, I hope they listen. I really do because they're setting themselves up for a little bit of a little bit of a disaster, and um, you know whether there's consequences or not as a government committee, you know personally there's none. But it just you know let's let's say face as a profession. And this is these are APRNs. The APRN committee is made up of uh, some APRNs, not all, but some. So the the issue came out was that the Ohio. Um, uh, Association, which is OAAPN, Ohio Association of Advanced Practice Nurses, uh, published on their page on their Facebook page that there was going to be a meeting. It was just the other day, and they were streaming it live. So you know, I tried to jump in during. I caught about 15 minutes of it live, and then the rest I had to listen to later. And it cut off at the end, so we couldn't get to some of the resolutions of what they were talking about doing. So I don't, still don't know what the goal was until we see the minutes. Per, you know, to definitively say, I think I know what was said because I saw the recap stuff, but um, you know, we, we really don't know what the ending was of that meeting, but I thought that was a great idea of OAAPN to, to publish that, and I saw a ton of people watching it, so there's a lot of people starving to know what is going on in our state, so that's fantastic, and I think OAAPN is a great great organization to be able to do that, so go join OAAPN if you are Ohio. They're the ones that are trying to look out for us. Jesse McClain's the current president. Did a great job. Thought he did fantastic. Reasoned argument. The only thing I would have added into his discussion was one little point. I made a comment of it when I was watching. Was um, he was giving the reasons for prescriptive? Or I'm sorry for um, scope of practice not being uh, further regulated by the board, uh, instead allowing it to kind of continue the way it is, so that that um, we don't have to be overregulated and, and make us less attractive to uh, to the profession or to to the healthcare industry, I should say. And the, the big the big things that he hit on was you know there's there's hospitals that have you know credentialing bodies that, that thoroughly vet applicants, and um, if they're not if they're not able to to get that done. Then, you know, their scope of practice is well delineated. Um, there, you know, the education helps delineate that. And a couple people that go rogue should not be the reason that we change how we uh delineate scope of practice in Ohio. Thought that was a great argument. The only other thing I would add is insurability, malpractice insurance policies. If you're acting outside of the scope of your practice. You know that's that's one other thing that you have to be able to provide is that your scope of practice so it's one more layer that would be the only additional thing I would have added, but he did a great job and that that's that's even a minor thing I would have added, but that's one more thing that was like he had like five reasons why there wasn't well that would have been a number six and it and it's small but i, I would have done it I just think, why not throw another layer on there of, of insulation and into what our scope of practice is um, the, other, the other speakers, I guess you should back up and talk a little bit, because there's a lot of people not in Ohio, but the reason that this is important for all of us is because this is, relates to the, the delineation within the consensus model of acute care versus FNP, and everybody in the country is arguing about this to some level because the, the scope of practice is not delineated by the the consensus model. It's not even not even contemplated in the consensus model. Go back and listen to episode 138. It's a long one, but in, in some of it's dry because I go and tear through the entire consensus model as it originally was written. The, the Board of Nursing in Ohio, the committee, I should say it that way, that's the difference. This is a committee that's appointed in Ohio that, that is to help determine what the scope of practice is between the FNP and, and acute care role, because it's not contemplated in the consensus model. So they're coming up with what that means. So we're for them to say we're following the cons- consensus model is is okay with the consensus model is silent on something are we still following it? We are not. We are not following it. We have a decision-making model that is a two-page PDF. I've talked about this a ton in Ohio. Go to the board's website. It's a two-page PDF. It says here's how you delineate your scope of practice. It's two page. That's how it tells you. That's the law today period. Did you do the things in that that two-page PDF? If you did, you're practicing within your scope of practice. Now, do I think that that is what you should do? I don't. But from a scope of practice standpoint, it should be as broad as we should allow it to be from a regulation standpoint. I hate government regulating stuff. There's no reason for it. It just muddies the waters and makes people miserable, makes things more expensive and more difficult. So why are we doing it? It's protectionism. There's, there's acute care NPs that don't want FNPs in the hospital and there's FNPs that don't want acute care people in, in primary care. And and to be perfectly honest, if you're well trained in it and you feel like you are safe and you feel as though you could defend a malpractice claim and you're insurable and you've got you know sufficient training, knowledge, skill, and you've got an APRN license, that's you rolling the dice. Do I think I would do it? No, because it's different. Here's the problem. The consensus model back in 2008 broke down into the four roles. We do follow that in Ohio, which is you've got your CRNA, your CNMs, your CNSs, and your NPs. Okay, So that part of the consensus model, we do follow. It it nationalized, air quotes, the the, uh, title APRN for all advanced practice nurses. We follow that, too, in Ohio. But beyond that, we don't do anything with consensus model. And we already kind of did those things before the consensus model. So I don't think that we're truly following the consensus. To say that we, oh, we follow the consensus model is a crock of crap. We don't. Because if we did, then there wouldn't need be the need for the decision-making model, the two-page PDF. So we have this decision-making model that came about from you know a period of time ago. And we have this quote-unquote consensus model that that everybody is, is following in the state of Ohio, but there's such a disconnect between the two. The consensus model, if you look, look, go back and listen to my entire breakdown in 138, somebody asked me, um, emailed me during the meeting and said, Jeff, we don't follow the consensus model, do we? And I said, no, we don't. But they said, well, then why are they talking about the consensus model like it's ruling everything? It's because they, they're trying to make it so that we do follow the consensus model because the people that have authority in our board want to break up the APRN groups so that they can force everybody to go back and get a postmaster certification. Why would they want to do that? You guys know the answer. Cha-ching! They get to make more money. They can guarantee that their schools are going to get more revenue. So if you want to go work as, and they even got it wrong in the board when they were talking about the different breakdown. And it was the last four minutes was the only like time that they actually really talked about the consensus model and how they're, they're trying to do this. The rest of the time they were bickering around about some email and administrative process of, of publishing emails and the board talking to each other without doing, or the committee talking to each other outside of committee. Committee is like inside the room. That's it. That's your discussion. Everything's public knowledge. And, tra- and allegedly transparent but one of the the committee members was emailing people nobody knows what that is they say it's public knowledge but they wouldn't talk about what that meant probably because it was very embarrassing for the committee so they said that it was public knowledge i'm going to ask oaapn if they know what that is if not i'm going to have oaapn ask for that email and we should be able to at least pick it apart and see what the the the, the opinion of one of our committee members that's going to be governing are making recommendations to govern our, our profession, so I think we need to get a copy of that email, any OAPN people out there, if you ever, occasionally some of them listen, Jesse, if you're listening, go, go ask for that letter, I don't think Jesse listens, Jesse, if you listen, email me, I want to know, um, so that that was the majority of what they were talking about was the the public the public uh, um, comment period, and then they did this this other portion of the of the discussing what the uh, email was and whether it was somebody got thwarted in the forehead with a tack hammer for sending an email communication to less people for less egregious things allegedly, and I don't even know what that was, and it was posted to the website, and then this person this new person came in and made a more egregious email that was to more people and nobody said or did anything about it. So there's some infighting that's going on, some dynamics I'm not sure of, and I don't care. I don't want to know. I don't give a crap about their personal problems with each other. They're making decisions about APRNs. They should rise above the petty crap and and come up with the best solution for our profession, period. This is the reason that I thought that that when when the Cincinnati director started all of this crap in 2016 with a Momentum market article, they that it should have been to oapn and done behind closed doors and we come up with a solution and then present the solution as the net, as the state organization and make it easy for the board to adopt it but no they went to the board and now they're affiliated with the board and now there's this divisiveness in the state of Ohio and and it's happening across the country as well. So that's why it's important to all of you. It's not just an Ohio thing. This this is the main reason that we that, that we're forming the American College of Clinical Nurse Practitioners is because academics on boards and academics affiliated with boards are are mandating things that that are not increasing the um, the credibility of our profession. They're they're doing things that they think are going to either make them famous or I don't know what it is. Uh, it, it's the money. It, it's probably the money. I mean, usually it comes down to money. Notoriety, I, I don't know, but it sure as hell sounds like it's a money issue. So at least it appears that way to everyone on the outside looking in. So the perception of it is that, and the ACCNP, which is which i am now been nominated and proudly taking the position uh, vice president of, that organization, a new national organization that is going to help the clinical practice side of nurse practitioners, not academics. I don't care if I make their job harder, I don't care if ed- educational institutions go out of business if they're crap, I could care less. As long as we're gonna promote our profession, and that's treating patients, that's the majority of what we do. We still need educators. We still need, need scientists. We still need researchers like Ian Lane that are going to be doing this stuff. And, and I applaud them for doing that. But we shouldn't all be doing research in, in informatics. We need to be doing more things. In fact, the consensus model says that it doesn't cover things like informatics. Which is kind of funny because all the academics want to push consensus model as a reason to break up all of their educational programs into individual little ones that don't teach as much and do less clinical hours because we're fo- we're doing a foci, a population foci, and we're only doing you know pediatric acute. So you don't need all those extra fluff hours. And that was the sales pitch that they did back in 2008. But in reality, it doesn't work. We're seeing the ben- the benefits of the consensus model today. It's working out great, isn't it? So it's time for a change. And so that's uh, you know join the clinical for nurse prec- or, uh, yeah, clinical NPs for change group, which is our Facebook group as well. So you can go join that and get, get in the conversation and ask questions, and and do that from there. The um, the the whole. Th- debate there, the end result that I've been told was that they basically punted the the decision to the October committee meeting. So they're not going to make any more decisions. So, so far, here's a recap of the entire acute care FNP situation as we see it in Ohio. We never followed the consensus model truly. So what happened was there was a complaint to the board by email from an individual that said, this is a problem for my, my acute care NP students, they can't find jobs because NPs are getting them all, and they're not getting trained in that, and they're, they're, she's right to some extent, they weren't getting trained in that, but a lot of what we do is learned on the job, so I mean, that's, I'm in the, on the fence on that one, I still think you should get a, a postmaster cert right now because of the way they've broken up our educational system, I talk about that a lot. So that was the beginning of this issue. The second issue was the board wrote a um, an opinion piece in the in the State Board of Nursing's magazine called Momentum. That's the name of the the magazine, and it was an article that said that you can't do it. You're gonna you're gonna have potential criminal liabilities was in there in that article, if you are an FNP working in the acute care setting. So tons of hospitals started dumping FNP's that had been working there for years, or they were saying, you know what, you need to go get a postmaster certification, the educational system, love that, right, so they're getting a ton of new, new people for another year, $30,000, awesome, for, to do the job that they've already been doing for the last decade, doesn't make sense, so that's what they started to do, and then they, they, um, you know, this kind of, there was a lot of pushback, and eventually the board got got enough complaints that they said, you know what, We're, we can't handle this because they're made up of RNs and LPNs and they don't understand what we do as APRNs. So they punted it to the uh, Ohio Attorney General's office, which was a complete waste of time. It was buying them time. That's all it was doing because everybody in the know knew that that was not going to do anything and the Attorney General is not going to make um, any type of guidance on a, pra- a profession that, that the board was supposed to be making the rules on. So they needed to make their own rules. So the attorney generals kicked it back to the board and said, no, make your own rules and we'll enforce them. Make them clear. Make good rules and we'll enforce them. And um, so the board got it back and said, oh, well, they wouldn't help us. So we don't know what to do. And so another six months or whatever goes by. And they said, well, let's make up a committee of APRNs that can help us. make." That was probably the smartest thing they've done so far was to come up with a committee that could help with this, um, and that was the meeting that we had just the other day, and now they're punting it for another six months. So it's going to be another six months of unknown, uh, or four months of unknown, and we're, we're going to come out of this with basically um, them coming up. I know what they're going to do. I'm going to presume what they're going to do is they're going to define what acute care means, and it's going to be make it even more confusing, and they're going to make us less attractive for health, uh, health industry, and what's going to happen is they're just going to go to PAs. Hospital systems are going to say, "Screw that! We'll go, we'll, we'll just go get more PAs. We're done with you." They're going to throw their hands up in the air because we can't get our crap together. It's it's ridiculous. So why do we? Why is this an issue? And nobody wants to talk about it. This is the issue. I could def- deflate the whole thing in like 30 seconds. The whole acute care FNP argument is not really about acute care FNP, it's about education, is really what it comes down to. So, what happens with this is if you were to take somebody that was pre consensus model or just when the consensus model was kind of kicking off, so you know, 2000s, mid 2000s, early 2000s, all the way up to probably like 2010, and you were to take an FNP student and look at what they did in their programs a lot of them, I don't know about all of them, but a lot of them would have had some acute care, urgent care, and um, maybe even some small amount of critical care in their FNP program. They had more hours, they were better educated, it was just a better program. But since the consensus model, they've dumbed down all of these individual programs so that FNP only does outpatient primary care. A little bit of OB, a little bit of women's health, never catch a baby, but you're, you know, you're in there while they're, while the OB's doing their assessment on the, on the OB patient, you don't get to do a lot, you can listen to their heart and lungs, and, you know, maybe do HP. do a little bit of peds to be able to do the lifespan, and that's it. So you don't get any acute care experience in the FMP program now. So my question is always this, when somebody says, well, FMPs have no business being in an acute care setting. I say, well, it depends on when they graduated. If they graduated before 2010, 2008 for sure, they probably had enough acute care that they could be very competent being a hospitalist. Maybe not intubating and doing chest tubes without more education and training, but they were pretty, pretty darn close. But today we're not. So the argument is always, well, what about those people before? So we could take away this entire argument if we improve the educational system by giving us a generalized nurse practitioner degree similar to a generalized RN degree but advanced practice that covers pretty much all of the areas, the main areas we work. I mean, you're probably not going to go be doing, you know, cardiothoracic surgery rotation in NP school, but you should be doing, you know, uh, an acute, you should be doing some internal med, you should be doing some some primary care, you should be doing peds, you should be doing uh, you know, acute peds, you, I mean, just a smathering, some OB, more intense OB, with some extra stuff in radiology and, and uh, you know, maybe cardiology and some of those things, some of the more common specialties, endo, maybe some derm, and make it similar, but not the same as a, as a uh, PA degree. Why would you not want to improve all of our education and completely take this argument away? It would completely deflate this entire argument. The original intent, my this is my belief, that the original intent for the consensus model was not only to standardize all the stuff across the country, but it was also to break us apart into smaller factions so that when we got a master's degree, it was much more concentrated, and we had more credibility that would lead us more towards full practice authority. I think that was the intent. It was kind of a neat idea, but it didn't work. So ten years later, it's not working. It's time for a change. All right, guys. So I've talked a little bit about the committee meeting. I talked a little bit about full practice. I talked a little bit about the a lot about the consensus model, and uh, some about the ACCNP. So we are in the process of getting the website up and going. It's not up yet, but it's darn close. So we're, we're talking with it a couple of weeks. We should have that thing up and ready to go and start taking memberships. So we're, we're still working on what the memberships are going to look like and, um, what you get for your benefit. Um, down the line, I guarantee as we become more, more, uh, engaged with, with organizations, we're going to be able to have more things that we offer for you, discounts and stuff like that, hopefully. And, and, um, And whatnot, But for right now, the the, uh, membership, in my opinion, is going to be uh, a way for individuals that want to help fight this issue to throw some money at the the organization so that we can get established and make make this thing work so that we can improve clinical practice, period. That's it. That's our goal. So, I appreciate you guys. I'm coming up on the office. 21 minutes, isn't that awesome? It's better than an hour and 20. Jeepers, creepers, I love it fantastic. Anyways, guys, if you're working today, um, I want you to be smart. I want you to be safe. The, uh, the housekeeping, I didn't even do today. Let's do it now real quick. You guys know how to support the show. You tell your friends. You tell your colleagues. You tell your classmates. There's this wacky guy in Ohio that talks on his phone, uploads it, does it every now and then, trying to give you guys some information. Sorry. So if you uh, if you want to help support the show, that's a great way to do it is tell your buddies, tell your friends. You can like and share the show on Facebook, you can like, and uh, in certain apps, you can little give little hearts and likes and stuff like that, so I encourage you to do that as well, throughout different podcasting apps. But the other way you can really help support the show is, if you want, you can help support financially by going to my website, thenpdude.com, clicking on the... Uh, amazon banner and uh taking yourself to amazon doing some purchasing it throws me a couple percentage of your purchase it doesn't really uh do anything other than then uh cost you a little bit of time doesn't cost you any more money i don't see why anybody wouldn't do it somebody was telling me actually ian was saying you know what the good idea to do is you guys can actually bookmark that link to the uh the the np dude amazon link in your browser, and anytime you want to go purchase, just hit that link, and boom, it goes right there, so um, I like you going to my website, you can scroll through it, and at least that way you can see, uh, if there's another podcast that looks interesting to you, you can go for it, listen to it, to more friends, so that's a great way to support the show, uh, if you're in Ohio, and you want your contract reviewed, I am a licensed attorney, I would be happy to help you, email me, jeff at the npdude.com, I do not help people outside of state, but I will point you in the direction of where you can get your own help, okie dokie, do you guys have questions about that? If you do, you email me. Jeff at the Be smart, be safe. We'll talk soon.